Hi folks, Pete here, and I am with the cast of Strangeness in Space, Trevor Neal, Simon Hickson, and Sophie Aldred. Hello! Hello! hello. Sorry, I said a big hello over your name, Trev Neal. Hello! <laughs> hello, Trev Neal and Simon Hickson. <laughs> Um, just in case there are three people left who don't know this, or people like me that are deprived of a British childhood, Trev and Simon were part of this lovely Going Live program, which was just mad on Saturday mornings. And, of course, Sophie Aldred out of Doctor Who with lovely Sylvester McCoy. And um, they've mixed the minds, and it's a world of the strange. There are four episodes so far, and a fifth will be funded by Kickstarter. What we've done there, I'll explain that a bit, because we do have, we've got four episodes out there, um, and what we've done is the next two episodes are kind of one episode, but we're splitting it into two parts. Uh. So it's not, it's not exactly episode five, it's the season finale, which is episodes five and six, but part one and part two. Gotcha. Um, and we've just finished a Kickstarter campaign where we've managed to fund part one of the season finale, so... We will carry on um, trying to raise money to get the second part made, and we'll do that through our own shop on the website. So it does mean, though, potentially, we might put um, part one out, and we may have to leave people on tenterhooks, so to speak. Yeah, I was talking to Claire this morning briefly, and the, the shop will be open, so we will carry on to fund the second part, and it will happen. It just build up the tension, and then... You can start buying T-shirts and beanie hats and badges and all those things again that we were that we had on offer on the Kickstarter. No, we have to metaphorically stack the shelves. And it will it will be soon. It'll be open soon. Don't worry. And it'll, it'll be a lovely shop. It'll be full of busy staff and it'll have Christmas decorations up. Maybe. <laughs> so will that's Claire all from... be wearing a Santa hat? <laughs> maybe in in our imaginations, it could be anything. It's a virtual it could shop. Be, couldn't it? Also, you, you mentioned Claire Eden. Maybe you can tell her story here. How did all this get started? Or did you approach her? Well, <clears throat> what happened was Simon and I were at the Space Centre in Leicester, which is kind of our, as near as we get to NASA in this country, I believe. Um, and we were promoting uh, various things. I was there for a Doctor Who signing. And also mm -hmm. I had like about three lines in another podcast drama called The Minister of Chance. Lovely. And Simon had a part in that. And we were appearing on stage together, sort of messing about. And Claire, who um, has, was, she was executive producer of The Minister of Chance as well, she looked at us and thought, oh, they work quite well together. And I mean, we were all at university together back in the day, oh. as they say. Um, and... And then the next thing that happened was there was a, a university reunion, which Simon and Claire and I went along to. And this idea had been sort of percolating in Claire's brain for a while. And um, uh, on the morning after the reunion, which was probably quite a good time to get us because our, you know, defences were down, <laughs> um, having uh, having had quite a late night. Um yeah, she said, I think we should maybe do something together. And actually, um, well, I don't know about you, Simon, but I just jumped at the chance. Because personally speaking, I had always wanted to do some work with Trev and Simon. Because um, I, I loved watching their comedy at university. Um, you did this thing on Monday nights, didn't you, in the Stephen Joseph studio. And it was it was like a sort of cult viewing, uh, live action uh, viewing, though, in those days. 
Well, it was. It was. A, it was like a soap opera in a way. It was like uh, the students all got together on a Monday night. The drama students. I mean, it was like it was all a bit in, really. But it was like the students putting a show on for the students, and it could be experimental. You could try anything you like. And we used to invite special guests in, and um, we'd all have a bottle of beer as, as part of our trademark as we came on stage. And um, the story was following the idea of a middle-class family that were invaded by the devil who came in as a lodger and the adventures that kind of unfolded. Uh, we had Mira Sayal was God, in fact, uh, in one of the episodes. Oh, was she? I'd forgotten that. Yeah, yeah, she played God. I can't remember. Can you remember anyone else who was in it, Simon, or any of the characters? Eddie Murphy was in it. Oh, Eddie yeah. Murphy played, Eddie Murphy played the devil um, in one episode. It was either Eddie Murphy or... Uh, it could possibly have not been Eddie Murphy. Yeah, Mikhail Gorbachev was in an episode of it. Uh, oh, I remember uh, Mikhail Gorbachev being in it, yeah. I'm sorry, that's an ongoing thing for me and Trev do, where we always we always imagine one day we will get both Mikhail Gorbachev and Eddie Murphy into something we're doing. They've never been in anything we've done. In the season finale, one of them might appear, if we're lucky. Was, and it's interesting you were at university together because I thought for one terrible moment that this was going to be another sort of Lisa Stansfield incident where oh, what, Sophie's what? kind of wondering, what's going on here? Oh, well, that's the usual reaction whenever we meet anybody. But, <laughs> Sophie usually wonders what's yeah, going on. Yeah, I always wonder that's what a fairly going on. That's a default setting for you, isn't it? Yeah, completely. Really? That's, that's how I live my life. do. <laughs> Um, I did. I actually did. Going backwards a bit, um, when because yeah, we we did all meet at university, and this did all come about from a thirty-year reunion because we're that old. Um, but when we were at uh, university, me and Sophie did actually do some stand-up comedy together at the National Student Drama Festival. But it all went horribly wrong, and Sophie actually ended up in A and E at the hospital what? because I in, inadvertently, as we were doing a comedy routine, I whacked her on the head with a glass bottle. And this glass bottle had fake blood in it. So not only was Sophie covered in real blood, but she was also covered in fake blood. I forgave him straight which, away, though. Uh, it's, um, it's, it's astonishing that Sophie worked with us. It's quite a liability working oh, yeah. with Simon, or being a friend with Simon. He might not want me to tell this story, but there was a flatmate in Manchester who um, he, Simon ironed his head with a hot iron what? by accident. Now, how do you iron? Yeah, but you know that thing, right? You know that thing where you're kind of sort of messing around with someone and with then you iron. see an iron and you and you assume yeah but yeah but you know the thing where you, you assume an iron's not plugged in yeah and then just <laughs> push it on someone's head that's all i was doing the, that thing you do where you push an iron onto someone's head oh yeah that, now, in most yeah. instances when you do that <laughs> then is it just just humor him peter go along with him because otherwise he'll come around and do uh, something no, to your no, head no, and yeah, you know, I, I look at an iron i think yeah that's off i should probably answer it like a phone <laughs> so um a story at some point bubbled up and it ended up being a bit spacey that actually came from the fact that uh, me and trevor had an idea for a thing called uh, strangeness by the sea which was about a weird little village full of weird people uh, along the coast and we thought it'd be nice to create a strangeness universe where you could have strangeness by the sea, strangeness <laughs> in the village, strangeness in the town, all different strangenesses. And it just made sense, since we were teaming up with Sophie, and Sophie is so well known for Doctor Who, that we should go a bit sci-fi with it. And it just fitted strangeness in space. And that's, that's the kind of genesis of that. Although Genesis, the pop group, have nothing to do with it. 
No, but it's got a bit of blancmange there, so you've got that kind of... Um... It does. We are very influenced by 80s synth-pop. I'll let Trev tell you a bit about that. Go on, then. Yeah, well, the two, the two characters called Trev and Simon that are played by me and Simon, funnily enough, uh, are also um, Tilbury's number one synth-pop duo. Um, so they're, they're kind of, although it's slightly set in the future, kind of, they're very inspired by 80s synth-pop hero, synth heroes like Blamond, um, uh, Pet Shop Boys, D Depeche Mode, all that kind of thing. Um, and um, so every every time they uh, go down to Planet Mirth and get into some kind of crisis situation, meeting scary aliens, their um, their main kind of thing to do is just to play a bit of synth pop. So Pink Custard, as they're called, there's a song, a Pink Custard song featured in every episode, um, and it could be about anything. It could be about shoes, it could be about robots, androids, puppies. They like their synth-pop music. I'm an 80s teen, so that kind of hit me where I live. <laughs> well, well, yeah, well, me too. I, I kind of, you know, in the sort of early 1980s, I kind of experimented a little bit with all that sort of synth-pop, new romantic sound, and I had a, a, an old synthesizer which I've stored up in the loft, and, and then when Strange in Space happened, it came down from the loft. And Go on, name check it. Well, what, what was it? It was a Roland SH-09. Does that mean anything to you? It will. <laughs> <laughs> that will but it's do. got a great, it's got, it's one of those, it's a monophonic synthesizer, but it has, you, you can get a real kind of squelchy, bassy sound on it, which is um, kind of a bit... Uh, a bit Spandau Ballet, I guess, Human League, that kind of sound, you know. Um. Squelchy bass sounds, but we'll go, not go into that. <laughs> no, please don't. Um, I've just realised, Pink Custard is actually is, it's a bit like Blamange, isn't it? Oh yes, so it is. It's also a bit of Angel Delight, although other dessert products are available. Angel Delight. It is, but I don't know that there was ever a group called Angel Delight, was there? There should be. <laughs> Good name Angel for Delight. Them. They should meet someone on Planet Earth called Angel Delight, who becomes their backing yes. singer. Yes. Sky and they could be, yeah. Light. Now, Angel Delight. Yeah, you, <laughs> your, your character, Sophie, was a manager of this sort of NASA gift shop. Yeah, that's right. Well, there is at the at the uh, Leicester Space Center. There is a marvelous gift shop there, and I don't know whether that's what gave you the idea. Uh, Trev and Simon, but um, yes, yeah, so I'm the I'm the manager of a, of a gift shop, and um, inadvertently get involved with with Trev and Simon. She's working as this manager of the shop, but actually, she's obviously got um, she's she's got is it a degree in cogography that Sophie yes. has? Yes, yeah, no, no, yeah, that's it. An A level in cogography. In oh, an A level, A level. I know. It's only an O level. Don't oh, get too carried away with that one. Oh, you see, I've got ideas above my station. I thought I was cleverer than I really was. But obviously, this character Sophie is uh, very interested in all things spacey, but didn't necessarily want to be blasted off into space with Trev and Simon and Pink Custard. And actually, when we, when we revisited the Space Centre, uh, having done the first episode or two, or just about to, I can't remember really the timing, but um, we actually took some pictures of me at the counter, at the till of the Space Centre. in, They lent me one of their Space Centre shirts to wear. Because they're very nice like that at the Space Centre. And we've, yeah. got, we've got lots of stuff from that in the wormhole, I think. Um, the wormhole is our private members area. 
that we um, it's full of videos and exclusive footage and photographs and interviews loads of extra stuff and membership for the wormhole will be available when we open the shop that's my favorite perk as well i, th I think the wormhole is brilliant because it's sort of like outtakes and and good stuff and i do like a good bit of background maybe we should talk about barnaby dune and sarah indeed so Barnaby Edwards is Lemon, the Linguistically Enhanced Mobile Operations Network. Well done. Dune Mackey, Bounty Flight Gale. And Sarah Madigan is M-A-D-I, which you're going to have to remind me what that one stands for. Maddie, that's a monographic announcement and description interface. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure what that means, but it basically <laughs> means someone who describes what's going on a bit and fills in the gaps. Sweet. Um, and Cynical she, people may think that we called her Maddie because her name's Sarah Madigan, and then we worked mm -hmm. out an acronym afterwards. But only cynical people would think that. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, her and cynical. Barnaby play the, play the kind of robot-type uh, computer-speaking characters. Um, but Barnaby's good, obviously, because he's had all that Dalek experience. So he, he, yeah. just, he does great robot speak, just like that. Uh, we also have uh, David Annan as our announcer, Jeremy, and... For uh, keen Doctor Who fans, David was in An Adventure in Space and Time, and he played the guy who uh, designed the TARDIS. Oh, so he, he was Peter Bracciacchi. Yes. Yes, exactly. And um, they seem to have a bit of fun in between the sort of main thread there. Um, Dune is um, having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, well, Dune yeah. is, is another friend of ours from Manchester. What, what we wanted to do with um, the stuff with Dune and Jeremy and even Maddie to some extent was kind of have a narrative science fiction comedy but at the same time throw in random elements that you would used to get even if you go back as far as things like the goons on the radio. Right. So in other words, there is a story there but we've got the, the, the bits with Dune and Jeremy, they're effectively, I say Dune, I should call it by a name, Bounty Flightingale. They're effectively little sketches within themselves really. Yeah. Uh, so that that's trying to play around a bit more with the medium and have a lot more fun with it. And that's the thing about strangeness is you do not know what you're going to get from episode to episode. And, and that's no, the case for us. <laughs> Speaking of, of things you don't know what you're going to get, um, I was delighted to hear Patterson Joseph in episode four. I just heard him and how the Marquis no, got his coat back. Yeah, we were really thrilled to get Patterson Joseph involved. I mean, we're all fans of him in peep show and we just couldn't believe it when he said yes really i mean that's the great thing about lots of our special guests and like we've got alexi sale in episode three you know we approach these people and it's it's so great how many people have said yes to be involved in it and we're going to try and uh, line up some very special guests as well for the season finale but i won't say who is yet because that's a surprise although keen people who've listened to season four will know that a certain doctor does play sophie's dad yes i may have noticed that do you know, the funny thing is, Peter, that we uh, we did that scene with uh, Sylvester at the end of uh, episode four. And um, and I have absolutely no idea where it's going. So I'd be I, I, and I'd, I don't know whether you do either, do you, Trevor and Simon? Have you we haven't really talked about this, have we? We've we've really had all our focus on the crowdfunding for the episode. So uh, we haven't really even talked about what's going to happen. No, there are. Ideas. The writers have it in hand. Yeah. Oh, phew. Good. Well, <laughs> I knew I knew you would. We have it in head rather than in hand. You have to bear in mind that at the end of uh, episode four, we realise that we've travelled so far in time and space 
that actually any hope of rescue is going to be incredibly difficult. And uh, and what I loved about episode four as well, which is I think uh, the best comedy is sort of like this kind of quite emotional as well. It was really great to have all that, the fun going on, but then to be doing something quite, you, you do realise that Sophie is absolutely at her wits end and wants to get home. There was I love that. There was a, um, a talk that Graham Linehan gave where he talks about sort of prerequisite for comedy being you've got to trap these people. It's a good recipe. Yes, definitely. Well, it's a bit like the classic uh, Blackadder end of end of series full stop, you know, the going over the top, which was actually born out of um, just an accident, really. But really? that's one of the most sort of classic examples of it. Yeah, they didn't have time to to film the end of the episode or what they they so they just said oh well well we'll just all run and then somebody did had the brilliant idea of um doing it in slow motion um but it was kind of accidental when you've been recording this is something else that i was kind of curious about listening to it you've got a script but at the same time you're having fun with it um (laughs) if it seems improvised then maybe that's a good thing (laughs) um but uh it's kind of by the time we record it, it's pretty much, yeah, fully scripted. There's very rarely any kind of accidents in the recording of it, I would say. Well, yeah, it's great that you it, say that, Peter, because that means we're doing our job well, because uh, it, it's it's nice that it it sounds like it's improvised, and we're, I mean, obviously we are having fun. Well, that's what's yeah. nice about a crowdfund, is that, you know, people can chase things they want to do. Yeah. Yes. This is great, and and also because it's audio, you cannot only do what you want to do. You can do absolutely anything because there's no budget in terms of visualizing it. It's all in the imagination. So it is planned what we're doing. But there, I suppose the happy accident kind of uh, side of it would be when special guests come and bring their take on it, because we don't have the luxury of meeting up with the special guests before we do it. They literally turn up, rock up, and do their piece as quickly as they can because that's the nature of it. Right. Um, so what they bring to it, we'll go with. And um, so we didn't know how Rufus was going to um, explore his character of atrocious Kenosius until he spoke it on the take in the recording. That he brought to something to it something we didn't expect. His whole kind of voice <laughs> and his, his accent. This is an episode two of Strangeness in Space, and Rufus plays atrocious Kenosius, who is a rhinocerbiker. Now, with a name like Atrocious Kenosius, you would think he may go for a kind of evil Knievel take on it, and maybe a bit of an evil Knievel Elvis Presley kind of a uh, uh, kind of style. But he doesn't, and I won't tell you what kind of style he goes for. Uh, you can go and listen to episode two and find out. But it but it works against what you'd expect, I would say. Just don't call him Jim. <laughs> do you um, do you get that reference there, Peter? But not calling him Jim. Yeah. Do, 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 no, um, go, on, name, go on, go on, go on, go bring, on. Bring me in the loop here. It's, it's, it's a boring thing, but we had to come up with a, a real name for him. And we were, at, the, at that point, I think we had a load of goose honks in the episode for reasons that I won't go into now. And anyway, we decided to go with the name Jim Goose. And basically, we got that name because we were trying to think of biker-type films. And Jim Goose is one of the main bikers in the original Mad Max. Oh, yeah, there may be one person who listens who goes, Jim Goose? Isn't he in Mad Max? Exactly, exactly. 
we should probably wrap this up a little bit, but um, before we go into the details and make sure we leave people with the information they need to support the series, are there anything you would like to cover? I'd like to just um, talk about Dave Polzer, who's our um, amazing post-production sound guy extraordinaire. And um, because we could, we can read the scripts and without him, they would just be these kind of dry scripts. I mean, they would be, they'd be great. And Dave, just adds such magic to them and he's um he's an amazing guy he he his attention to detail is extraordinary i think there was one point where he was going out into his garden and and telling us about a sound effect that he was creating using wind blowing through his barbecue for example um so yeah it's quite nice to listen to it also from the angle of that the post-production and the effects and everything that he adds on and the music and everything. Dave is very much a part of the team in that sense. And he does, he does the most astonishing work. He's made a, a thing where he won't use any library sounds. When we need a sound, whether it's for planet atmosphere or sounds of aliens or anything like that, he, he makes new sounds. He goes out and he records stuff and he collects sounds. You could easily just go to libraries for this kind of thing. And Dave just won't do that. It's fantastic. Especially those of us who are aficionados will recognize the sound if we've heard it somewhere else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, this is the season finale of Strangeness in Space, episodes five and six. Five funded, six is in progress. And if you can go over to strangenessinspace.com and give them some support, the madness will continue and the strangeness. Again, I want to thank you for just talking to me today. Um, Sophie Aldred, Simon Hickson, Trevor Neal. Thank you so much, guys, for, for, for just stopping by and having the chat. Cheers, Peter. It's a pleasure. You're welcome. Thanks. Pleasure. Goodbye. Bye, Bye. Bye, Peter. Bye, Bye, Trevor. Simon. Bye. See you in space. Bye.